Life Booster. Tips and inspiration that help innovators turn their dreams into reality. สนับสนุนโดย Indie Dish สัมผัสรสชาติอร่อยจากจานในจานเฮลตี้ได้ผัดทางไลน์ @indydish Indie Dish Healthy Everyday. Hello everyone. Welcome to Live Booster once again. My name is Darian, and I'm a co-founder and CEO of Indie Dish. And today we have a very, very special guest, and his name is Jacob Greenspan. Jacob holds a PhD in cognitive psychology and user interface design, and he is a renowned user experience expert that helps more than hundreds of startups around the globe improve the user experience and the product. Um, of their startups. So thank you so much, Jacob, for spending time with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me to Thailand and for this uh, podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you have a long day today. Yeah, Thailand. actually, very very long days here, but it's really great. Yeah, thank you. So what we're going to talk about today is um, the common mistakes that Jacob has seen. Startups and companies around the globe made um, related to user experience. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, I want to cover four mistakes which are really highly common, and you see them no matter where you are. You can be in Thailand, you can be in Mexico, you can be in Israel, you can be in any country around the globe, and you keep on seeing startups making the same mistakes. And the first one is, of course, user research or usability testing, or to put it in a more general way, they simply don't meet their users. So startups make tons of assumptions regarding the users, regarding the way they use the application, regarding the ease of use, and all around the product in general. And in many many cases, these are only assumptions, and they are simply wrong. Now, the minute you build the road, the right project, the product, sorry, however, to the wrong people, that's a very very bad news for your startups. Most chances are that your customers won't like it, won't use it, or have trouble using it. So here's my first tip: always always keep on contact with your customers. Get out there, meet them, run a decent usability testing. Make sure that you observe them live, using their products or your products. And make sure that you do it in a good, honest way, so you learn a lot about your product. Okay, cool. Um, so you mentioned about usability testing. Can you tell the audience um, just a gist of what it is and just an overview of how to to run one? Yes, absolutely. The first part in any good usability testing is to understand that it's not an academic research. It's actually a very practical research, which can take you a day or two days at most. So it's highly practical. And there are many, many guidelines around the web, so simply search for them. But in essence, the the first thing that you have to do is define your questions. What do you want to learn out of this process? A good usability testing or good user research always always starts with the question: What do you want to learn? You can learn about the color of your application. In most cases, it's not that important. And you can learn about the question, or you can ask yourself a question: mm, Why am I losing? About half of my users in this specific stage. That's a great opportunity for you to learn if you go other and see them. You actually using this, your system. So the first stage is always define your system, your questions. Then you have to select the tasks that you want to test. 
And that's very simple. You have a product, right? So go out there and select the task that cover the questions or the research questions that you have. Third part is prepare, always prepare, be, prepare an introduction, prepare um, the questions you want to ask them and so forth. Now meet them, explain to them that you are not testing them, you're testing the application. Good, give them good feeling. It's kind of stressful emotion to be under research, right? Mm -hmm. So explain to them that you're not, uh, you're not testing them, you're testing the application. Anything that they can do is always right. Always obey rules and law if there are any to imply in your country. Always be good and honest. Never lie to them. Explain to them what are you going to do with the data. Explain to them about privacy. Explain to, the, to them um, that you are, um, that they can live whenever they want and so forth and so forth. I highly recommend to go and search in the web. There are tons of materials about that. Mm -hmm. And then comes the good part. You take, uh, you, you, you take a day or half a day or a few hours and then you get out there, meet your users, introduce yourself, introduce your test. As you mentioned before, you made some preparations, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next thing that you have to do is start testing the, the, the system and you see them using the system. One great technique is what we call think aloud. Mm -hmm. If you'll ask your users to say out loud whatever they think and describe what they are doing, you learn a lot about what do they understand and what don't they understand. Or to put it in a more product-wise, where, where are the points that your user experience should be improved? Right. Last, always interview them and say goodbye. It sounds complicated? Not at all. It's kind of simple. If you do it in a good, honest way, you're going to get tons of information which will be highly valuable for your startup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so very simple and cost-effective, right? You just um, come up. So one is come up with the research question. What you want to learn from the research to give them a task um, to perform, observe, and then Absolutely. just learn, right? Just learn. Cool. Okay. So that's number one. Um, what about number two? Okay. Mental models, so what we call understand. Um, it goes this way. A startup is always highly interested and highly focused on its product that's only natural, which means that you as an entrepreneur knows a lot about your product, about the way it works, about the way, what should the user do and so forth in order to use it. Now here goes the thing, your user doesn't. So in many, many cases, you assume that the users understand what your product is all about and assume that they understand how to use it. And in many, many cases, this is not true. So in our UX language, we call it mental model. A mental model is the perception that each and every user has about his or her own product. And it typically made out of four components. One is understanding what is it, what does it include? Second, how it was built, it's the same. The second part is why it was built the way it was built. The third, how it works. And the fourth, how white works the way it works. Mm -hmm. Now, the minute you understand that each and every user will create a mental model or perception of your um, product, you can immediately understand that if the, this creation won't be right for you, then most chances are that they won't understand your product and they won't understand the value of the product and they might no, not understand how to operate the product and so forth. Therefore, creating the right mental model 
um, is a great, great idea. How do you create a great mental model? Well, that's very simple. The minute you understand this definition and you go over your application, that's tip number one. It will help you dramatically. Second tip, try to think as if you are a user who has just used your application. Now, this user explains to a friend of her or his, doesn't matter, um, what is this product at all about in 40 seconds. Typically, this reflects the mental model. Now, if you can explain your product within 40 seconds, 30 seconds, one minute, doesn't matter, to someone who haven't seen this product before, um, it means that you have the right mental model. Mm -hmm. Try it, it works great. I see. So, um, yeah, so just to recap, mental models has four components, right? What does it contain, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Why it contains what it contains, how it's built. Right? right, yeah. And then how does it work? And why it why? works the way it works. Can you give the um, example to the audience? Absolutely. Let's talk about your smartphone. I assume that all of the audience has a smartphone. Right. It's smartphone. Really? Smartphone? It's not a phone. It's a right. computer. It's not right? a phone, right? It's not yeah. phone anymore. But the mental model is of, of a smartphone, right? It is a phone which is connected to the internet. Uh-huh. And we can use apps. Now, let's reverse pedal back and go over the mental model. What is it made of? It's made of a phone, which is very, very smart, and it has a screen, a touch screen. Uh -huh. Why is it made this way? So you can use applications and get to the internet and so forth. Uh -huh. How it works? It is a phone, highly developed phone, which is connected, so data can come back and forth from the cloud. By the way, another interesting mental model, a cloud, like a cloud of water or a cloud in the sky. Um, but let's get back to our phone and all data can come back and forth from the cloud, from the internet. Mm -hmm. Why it works this way? So we can do many things with the phone. Now, is it a phone? No, it's not a phone. 99 poles. I don't know how much, but most of our time with our phones is being used to web applications and completely not for phone for for sorry for conversations however we perceive the mental model of a phone is of a smartphone because it's very hard to change right so basically mental model is all about making your customers or user understand how the product works and what what it is so absolutely you're yeah. absolutely right and if you understand what the product is all about and you if you understand how the product works it means that you can understand the perceived value or, or pro value proposition of this product or service right because if you don't understand you don't understand why is is it good for you as a customer right. but if you do clearly understand you benefit out of these two uh, dimensions one you can easily understand how to operate it because you have a model of the of this device or this product or this software or this app it doesn't matter and the second thing is that you understand why is it good for you mm -hmm. so it's a win-win situation okay so we are on to the third one already. Okay, the third one is kind of trivial. However, surprisingly, not goes under the radar, as we say, uh -huh. uh, not using data. Mm. Okay, most startups that I meet around the world tell me the same story. Yes, we have sort kind of analytic tools. can be Google, can be other brand, doesn't matter. Um, we have this same um, um, analytics tools, but we are not sure that we bother to look into the data. Now, what does it mean? It means, for example, that they, if they want to improve their application, they assume that their pain point is A, B, and D. 
However, if you look into the data, you realize that most of the users leaves you after point F and A. Okay, then you invest as a startup efforts, time, money in order to solve a problem which doesn't, I mean, it exists, but this is your, not your main pain point. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, the main point simply, you simply skip it because you don't look over your data. Right. This is what we call funnel. If you look at the funnel, okay, and 100 people got into your website, 75 out of 100 will download the app, 50 will register, 23 will go and provide you their credit card and 22% will um, order the product, okay? It means that you can see where is the biggest drop in traction of users and solve this problem by, by one by one. Mm -hmm. And un Unfortunately, many, many startups simply don't look at their own data. They have it, it's there, it's low-hanging fruit, as I said before, it's just there, use it, and you'll be 10 times wiser regarding the place or the pain point that you want to solve. Right. It's like a doctor without the, the blood results, right? Like how could you, or like an x-ray result, how would you, you know, kill the, the patient without the... The real data, right? I simply love this uh, image. I'm gonna use it if it's okay by you <laughs> in my next talks. If it's okay, may I get your permission for that? Oh yeah, sure. I love it. It's it's an X-ray. The X-ray is very cheap. It's very affordable, and right. you can look at someone's hand and assume that he or she broke a bone at a certain point, but it's a completely different place. It's right. such a great expression. It's there. Just, just look under the hood, and immediately you know what to fix. Yes, yeah, very important. Yes. Okay. okay. So now we are on to the last one. Okay, the last one. How do you feel about the last one? How do I feel about the last one? Ah, not too good. Okay, great. We got to the last one. I mean, not good that you're feeling bad, <laughs> but great that you... <laughs> okay. Uh, the last one is, of course, emotions. Emotions play major role in our decision-making. Now, as a startup, I always function on, I focus on the functions, right? I focus on the um, MVP, minimum viable product. What should be there? Which features should I support? Which uh, features should be delayed in development for the next phase and so forth? However, nowadays, in most countries, people don't buy what they need, right? They buy what they want. And want is all about emotions. So you must, must support their emotions in order to get them in the right path, in the right direction. And in many cases, startups, or actually in most cases, startups simply don't analyze the emotional state or what do they want to um, achieve emotionally-wise in each and every interaction phase. Mm -hmm. Now, it sounds like a little bit dangerous, but it's not. I'm not talking about emotional manip or psychological manipulation. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about controlling emotion in a good, honest way. That is, don't force or don't drag your customer to do something he or she doesn't want or something which is uh, not good for him or her. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying to support the, the usage, the UI or the UX mm -hmm. of the interaction, uh, in a way that emotionally-wise it will fit. Right. And always keep moral, always never lie to your users, always be good and honest with your users. And having said that, it's kind of easy to support the right emotional state. I see. Another point I want to raise, if it's okay, um, it's the last one, uh, it's the negative emotions. Mm 
Keep in mind that negative emotions exist, always. And the bad news is that negative emotions are being remembered for a much longer period than positive emotions. So always, always try to avoid by any cost any negative emotions by customers or by your users. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is that I actually this one is the one that I love the most, you know, because when we talk about UX, most of the time people talk about ease of use, which is very important, you know, if the customer or user cannot use your product, um, what's the point, right? But um, as Jacob say here, you know, emotion is so important right now, like in this day of age where we have abundance of options, we have like ten and thousands of, mo- of smartphone options, you know, people don't buy the most efficient um, and the most functional product, right? They just buy what what resonates with them emotionally. So with that, is there any tips that you would like to share um, if, if people want to make pro- their product a little more emotional driven? Yes, absolutely. Uh, as always, it's a good idea to open Google and look for some emotional maps, mm-hmm. okay, or or user journey, or there are many names for the same essentially thing, but there are techniques to analyze in user emotion, expected user emotions, and try to design the system in a good way. So the minute you use emotional map or empathy map technique, both kind of similar techniques that you can use, even if you're not a UX expert, you'll create a, a great emotion. Why is that? Because typically there's a, a sort kind of thinking which is true, but it's only part of the story. And it goes this way. If I've created an easy-to-use application, great UX, which looks great, great UI, then the user must feel really great with the application. Well, it's true, but human emotions are much more delicate than great not great, happy or sad. Sometimes you love something, sometimes you dislike something, sometimes you feel attached to something, sometimes you feel fear, sometimes you feel satisfaction and so forth and so forth. And it same happens it, the same happens with applications. So you always, always must analyze, in my opinion, of course, as a startup, which emotions exactly do you want the users to feel and support these emotions again in a good, honest, non manipulative way mm-hmm. right so have to understand customer emotions and what kind of emotion that you would like to invoke like for example if you are doing accounting software you know the emotion would be like trust and reliability Absolutely. if you um, do fashion it would be a totally Absolutely. Different emotion, right? Absolutely. And you know what's funny? It's so easy to to create the right emotion. You can use text, the right text, the right yeah. phrasing. That's very Visual. easy. Yeah. For example, in the great example that you gave for accounting uh, application, if you say in the message box, cool, you just made it, brother. <laughs> it's very bad. It won't support my emotions. But of course, I'm over-exaggerating, right? right. And, 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 vice, and so forth and so forth. So text is a great tool. Mm-hmm. Microcopy is a great tool as well or, or area of domain of expertise you can use. And visuals, mm-hmm. that's a very easy thing to use. And above all, the interaction, how the flow looks like, mm. how the mental model looks like it all has to do with emotions right just remember there's a very big uh, part for our emotions in our decision making yes and typically startups as well as big corporates by the way tend to ignore it mm-hmm. yes yeah very important mm-hmm. so yeah there you have it so 
out of all the experience that Jacob has with hundreds of startups, and he's one of the most um, respected user experience practitioner in the world, you know, and you see like he selected four mistakes that startup and companies are making. So um, just recap again. So number one is t- not talking to the users. Just yes. see them using the application. Yes. Do the usability testing. Absolutely. Nothing. And number two. Mental model. Make sure that they understand the application. Yeah. Number three. Not using your data. Always use your data and make sure that you understand where are the pain points of your customers. Yeah. And last but not least is the emotion, right? Absolutely. I hope that you feel good about it right now. Now I feel so much better about it right now. <laughs> thank you very much. Okay. Thank you so much, Jacob, for and, your time. And thank you so much for having me here and in Thailand in general. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. เปลี่ยนมื้อเที่ยงนี้เป็นมื้อสุขภาพแสนอร่อยทั้งไลน์แอดไซน์ I N D Y D I H H Indie Dish Healthy Every Day